You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. On 105FM and around the world online. This is FM 105, your local station live from the heart of Downpatrick. Road to Nowhere from 1985, that's Talking Heads, which kind of sets the scene for tonight's programme here on FM 105, Down Community Radio, with me, Chris Scott. If you just tuned in, do stay with me for the next hour. So what about the Talking Heads bit on tonight's programme then? Well, it's the Castle Welland Studio Players who return to the airwaves tonight. Welcome back, folks. It's great to have you back with us again. They've got a brand new production titled Conversations from a Kitchen Table, which you're going to listen to tonight. It's especially written for radio by Castle Welland Studio Player members. Anthony McFadden. So do stay tuned. I'll be in conversation with Mark Asante, Anthony McFadden, Michelle Dorrance and Siobhan Miller who will be telling me all about their upcoming production for radio and what is happening behind the scenes of the Castle Welland Studio Players. So we may be lacking some music in tonight's programme tonight but the conversation is first class. So first up tonight in conversation with me is Mark Asante from Castle Well and Studio Players. And uh, I'm chatting to him about his brand new radio play, which will be starting in a couple of weeks' time right here on FM 105 Down Community Radio. It's titled Ice Cubes and Lettuce. So you want to find out more about that in just a second. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Welcoming back to the show, and I'm going to say back to the show because I've spoken to Marcus Hampe before. Mark, uh, you're you're in the uh, lovely surroundings of Newcastle, isn't that correct? I am, yeah. Yeah, you're just, I know you're looking out your window now at that beautiful mornings out there. You couldn't beat it in this part of the world, could you? Yeah, no, it's not It's not a bad view at all, to be honest. Yeah, Mark, you're of course with the uh, Castle Welland Studio Players, and we have spoken on a couple of occasions before. Uh, and thank you for joining us tonight again. No problem at all, Chris. No problem whatsoever. Mark, that's to be here. No, no, it's good to have you. Uh, it's good to have you. There's some exciting news in the pipeline because in uh, a few weeks' time, uh, you'll be on the show in a, in a different guise again. Um, we're, we're, we're looking at a new production, isn't that right, Mark, for the radio again? Uh, yes, we've got two different productions, actually, coming to you. Um, um, I, I feature in both of them, but one of them I feature heavily because I've thrown my hand at writing a little bit. Yeah, so the the uh, the second one that you'll be getting is uh, written by me. Brilliant. We'll be talking to Andy about the first one later on in the show, but um, ice cubes and lettuce. No, yeah. that conjures cool. up lots of things in my mind. <laughs> Are you allowed to tell us anything about it? Yeah, well, the title... <laughs> the, no, sorry, I'll start with the piece. The piece actually was derived from um, me having conversations and knowing people over the years who've just been really into... Oh, sorry, trying to get into the whole keep fit thing and um, losing weight, uh, energy bars uh, or pr- protein shakes, all of those things culminated together. And I was uh, a particular friend of mine, had lots of stories to tell. Um, and one of the stories was that her partner thought that once you do this regime, all you can really eat is uh, lettuce. Okay. Um, and uh, he, he made some quip about ice cubes and how you probably have to just suck on ice cubes you know you can't go anywhere near fizzy drinks you can't go anywhere near orange juice you can't go anywhere near milk because there's the calories in milk so he said you probably just have to sit there and suck on an ice, uh, an ice cube and eat <laughs> lettuce and that's where the title kind of <laughs> uh, the title was born so is this based on a, on conversations or how, how have you 
have your work like gold thing then Mark? um actually it is based on a lot of conversations that i've had with people over the years um people that i've met um some of it's based on my own life and my own experiences i i've found that uh it, weight loss and keep fit and the whole shebang it, it you know it's obviously um very popular very important in a lot of people's lives but i think that in some people's case it can take over their life a little bit um and hearing some of the stories i thought to myself you know maybe this is something that could be turned into the, the idea chris was actually to try and turn it into like a tv show wow um and i've been uh, I've, I've been um jeered on by anthony he's told me to not give up on that idea it might be something that could still happen it'd be great if it could still happen um just because i think it would be relatable i think that just a lot of people would 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 see it um obviously it's going to start out on the radio which is great and hopefully a lot of people will hear it but um visually i think there's a there's a lot of stuff going on in the script that i can't convey on the radio um because you can't see obviously but there's a lot of things that happen that people would just relate to because it happens to them in everyday life you know yeah, sorry, the genre of this then, and I mean, we have been used with a lot of comedy coming out of, of Castlewell and studio players uh, yeah. from the time Harry Mitchell put pen to paper and then Anthony. Yeah. Um, is this along the same sort of lines then? Um, actually, no, not really. Um, I would call it a comedy. Um, mm. I, I'd like to think that there are funny elements to it, but the, the thing about this piece is that it also reflects on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it reflects on It reflects on friendship um uh depression um relationship issues there's um like family and friends and the support that you can get from them so even though there are funny elements to it there are also in my opinion some pretty meaningful deep uh and um, serious issues that it covers um but hopefully in a a more light-hearted way because again like i said when, when it comes to weight and I am speaking from, you know, my own experiences when it comes to, to, to weight, whether it be you feel you're overweight or whether you feel you're underweight, it can affect you. You know, it can affect you in more than just, you know, I'm in a good mood today because I've lost a, a pound. You know, it can affect you uh, psychologically, uh, me- mentally. Your mental health can be um, severely affected by it. So it's something that I think is um, it's very important that we take, take focus on, you know. You, you all, you're also appearing um, in, in the episodes. What are the characters like, then? How many characters have you used, Mark? Jeepers. How many characters? Yeah. Well, is it based around ah. two people having a conversation? Or are there lots of people? What way? Oh, well, so, so that's Anthony's one. That's the two people. Okay. Uh, right. Mine has characters in, well, each episode has roughly between eight and 15 different characters. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. There's characters do pop in and out, but I guess um, the simplest way to uh, describe it is the story is centered around six main uh, women who are all friends. Some of them are colleagues as well, but they also join a boot camp. Um, Ah, uh, Yeah. And and the main reason for joining the boot camp is because all six women are going to the wedding of um, the lovely Megan. Uh, She's getting married in six months. And um, again, this is a story that I think most people can relate to. If there's a wedding coming up, you want to look your best. And straight away, people just assume that they have to lose weight to look their best. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> and these six ladies, they are all um, <clears throat> in tune with that as well. Um, but they struggle. Um, and so the, sto- yeah, the story is basically about their 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 struggles or, or their successes in trying to achieve what they're trying to achieve. But it's also a second strand to the story 
which I probably shouldn't reveal anything now, to be honest, because okay, it's just don't, too much of it. No, 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 no. Don't reveal too much. I won't. Yeah, no, yeah. I won't. Um, but yes, so these six women have partners um, or other family members um, and friends, and they all sort of flitter in and out of the different episodes. That is amazing. We're, we're really looking forward to this one, Mark. And that will roll for a number of weeks, I think. It can do, yes. Brilliant. If I'm allowed brilliant. for it to roll, it could of roll course. for at least, yeah. No, no a, that, that's brilliant. Yeah, it'll it'll keep going for a little while, but hopefully it'll keep people um, entertained, at mm. least. Mark, people will detect by your accent, for those who don't know you, um, that you're not really from this part of the world. I think you came really. from Eckham, was it, London? Um, that's very, very impressive, Chris. That's extremely impressive that you've got the Peckham <laughs> bit. Nobody ever does the Peckham bit. My word, Google is a wonderful thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I'm from originally. That's um, wow. Thanks for that. Not brought no, back fond memories for me. No, you're <laughs> welcome. But you know, you 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 have been well. You are a professional actor, Mark. I mean, you're you're very modest, and, and I know we've spoken before, but you never really <clears> mentioned <throat> a lot of this. Uh, you've been on the big screen, of course. I I have yet. Yeah, yeah, I have. I've been on a big screen a few times um, in different um, types of film. Um, I've been on a small screen more so, though. So there's mm. a lot more TV on my uh, CV. There's a lot mm -hmm. more TV than there is um, film. But, yes, I've been on a big screen. I mean, you've rubbed shoulders with Vinnie Jones, Robert, uh, Roger Daltrey. Uh, even, her own, <laughs> even, her, even her own Belfast, Emma Little Lawless here. And this is correct, yes. Yeah, that's right. So... Um, I have Line of Duty. A lot of local uh, people know yeah. about Line of Duty. It was filmed here Line as well. And, you know that, and numerous good, other yeah. numerous good vibrations. We in that as well, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen parts of it. Uh, Richard Dormer. I he he went yeah. to the same Sunday school as me in Lisburn, so I, I know oh, Richard okay. from from old. Yeah. Um, so and you, you know you 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 have a lot of experience. Um, and now you're on community radio. What what happened there, Mark? Well, firstly, it's a great thing that that happened. Um, I am friends with Michelle Dorrance and Siobhan Miller, who um, were part of the original um, inception of uh, Castle Winner Studio Players, CSP. And um, as it happens, the way I got involved is because my wife is a hairstylist. She runs her own salon. And she was asked if she could help out with uh, doing some, some of the wigs for their first production they ever did, um, Educating Rita. And when, yeah, when she was asked if she could do that, she then mentioned to me, or sorry, Siobhan mentioned to me, uh, we are part, we're starting up this CSP and, you know, would you be interested? And uh, I thought, yeah, actually I would. And so I went along to the first meeting and um, have gone along to all the others since, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's great. It's, it's really, it's really, really good for me because um, I do enjoy being a part of the com uh, community. But also CSP, uh, their um, constitution and their remit and their, their beliefs are to try and give back to the community as much as they can. And I just think it's a really important thing to do. So I'm glad I'm involved in that. Yeah, of course, with your skills, Mark, um, you know, your acting skills, you're, you're able to bring other people on who have never, never even been on the stage before. Elsa. Yeah, I'm hoping so, Chris. I'm hoping yeah. so. I mean, people do, people do, I wouldn't say they're in awe, not by, by any stretch, but people do say to me, oh, yeah, I, I saw you on X, Y, or Z, and then they get a bit carried away. But obviously, I like to, as you said, I like to keep it keep it real, as I say in Peckham, um, and just, you know, 
keep it modest and let's just try and enjoy what we're doing together, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, what set it for me was actually to go to the Giggle Box production that you guys put on in April at the Lodge in Castle Wellham. And I know speaking oh, yeah. to some of those people, they'd never even been on stage before or not in a long, long time. And, you know, it was so well done and so well put forward and, and so well received by everyone who was there that, those three nights. Yeah, I think it was. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, we appreciate that. We put a lot of work into it. And as you know, it was a first. It was it was a first actual CSP production. Um, and it was a first, uh, as far as the concept, none of us had really been involved in that type of a concept before. Mm -hmm. And we were very, very proud that we'd managed to achieve it. Brilliant. Well, Mark, can I say thank you for coming on to the show tonight? And we are so looking forward to Ice Cubes and Lettuce. Um, Good. And, and hopefully I'm there'll bad. be a lot more soon, uh, or a lot more coming up in the future, Mark, as well. I hope so, Chris, yes. Um, can I just say we thank you very much for the opportunities you're giving us, and we shall hopefully continue in the same vein. But yes, um, look forward to Ice Cubes and Lettuce, because there's uh, a couple of little interesting uh, twists and turns to, uh, to listen out for. Looking forward to that. Mark, thank you so much. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. So in just a few weeks from now, you'll be able to tune into the show here and hear Castle Well and Studio Players' production of Ice Cubes and Lettuce, written by Marcus Santi. How good is that? There's no business like show. If you just can't wait to hear something sooner, then, well, you are in luck tonight. I'm chatting to Andy McFadden now, who is the writer of this brand new production, Conversations from a Kitchen Table, right now. After this chat, you can have a listen in to the new production, right here on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station. Your Welcoming on to the show tonight, it's Andy McFadden. Andy, you're no stranger to the programme. You've been on the programme in many guises before. And in fact, you wrote a lot of material for the show. Tell us a little bit about what's been happening now uh, and, and where we're moving on to later on this evening. Basically, um, this conversations uh, from a kitchen table uh, with Amanda and Tim was originally written as a filler um, whilst we're waiting for Mark's... Um, work to be edited and it was just an idea that popped into my head of a, a couple sitting around the kitchen table just discussing life and, and you know their lives and what's happening in their lives and how it affects them etc uh, but it obviously have a comedy slant to uh, to the um, conversation it's a very clever idea because a kitchen table could take it absolutely anywhere, any conversation about anything, really. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much material there that you can use and so many different ways you can play it. And I just introduced other characters without them actually being in uh, without any voices. So the only two voices are Amanda um, and Tim, but obviously other characters are introduced and people are brought into it without actually having any voices as such. The Amazing Adventures of Jonathan, no middle name Jackson, ran for three series. Was that the intention whenever you put pen to paper for that? Um, no. Um, the initial, I, I, I was, be honest, I thought I'd be lucky to get six episodes. And it, it just kept coming out. Just, this nonsense just kept forming in my head. Um, so I just felt the need to get it on paper and just keep going. And thankfully, the rest of the Castlewell and Studio players were brave enough to keep at it with me because at any point they could have just said, no, enough's enough. And I think towards the end, they were starting to think, like, enough is enough. Um, so we, you know, I, I got to it to, to wrap it up, uh, in a way, anyway. Will it ever return? Will it ever return? Um, 
Never say never, is what I say. <laughs> so, Anthony, your own background, if you don't mind me talking a little bit of that, you know, the, you just don't get a pen and start writing. What, what's your experience level? I mean, where does this come from? Um, I've been writing for many, many years, poetry, um, sketches. Uh, I've, I'm about 170,000 words into a book at the moment. And I've got a couple of play ideas that I'm working on as well. It's just something I've always enjoyed doing. It's, I've, I've, I've been on, over the past years, several different writing courses. Um, in fact, I've just finished a, a, a course where I've um, now qualified to be a, an official storyteller, as in part of writing. So uh, that, that's just something I've enjoyed doing. I've always enjoyed doing it. To become a storyteller then, do you know, does it come from experience, from experience, from your own background, or just something totally, absolutely made up? It is mostly folk tales. Um, a lot of it Irish-based folk tales. Um, but when you start researching it, you'll find that the folk tales from Ireland are very similar to other folk tales from around the world. But what I've been doing for my, my uh, particular uh, course, on this particular course, um, for my stories, I would read... Um, other people's uh, old folk tales and then write a tale based on that which suited my style of speaking, my style of writing um, which is what I've done. I done produced three of those um, to pass the exams to get the certificate. I mean, would it be difficult to sit around a table with other writers or, you know, to, to, to come up with ideas or is it, do you like working on your own? That's a good question actually. I've sat before with other people helping them write what they want to write um i've never before uh had the opportunity to have someone sit with myself i think it's because my way of thinking is quite weird to say the least and my my thought pattern um goes off at various angles so it can be difficult for me to explain to someone what i'm thinking at any one particular time um in regards of a character so um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see if someone would perhaps mark, sit down and <laughs> help me collate my thoughts. Well, listen, Natalie, we're really looking forward to uh, this two-part. I think we're, we're looking at a morning and an afternoon scenario in this it one. Is, yeah, it is a morning. It's, it's set um, breakfast time um, and then... Um, there's a split while the, uh, the wife goes out for the day, then it comes back for the afternoon, and then the second part of the day is basically from there onwards, it goes in towards the night. Brilliant. And maybe we'll move from the kitchen table in the next series up to the bedroom or somewhere like that? You never know. At <laughs> least, thank you so much. Thank you. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. On 105 FM and around the world online. This is FM 105. Conversations from a kitchen table with Amanda and Tim. Written by Anthony McFadden. And starring Kushla McKibben as Amanda and Mark Asante as Tim. Morning. Did you sleep well? 
Well, if by sleep well, you mean, did I spend the night on the edge of the bed, fighting for whatever amount of duvet I could wrestle from your clutches, whilst you spread-eagled yourself over the whole bed, then yes, I slept very well, thanks. It's not my fault I've got used to having the whole bed to myself. I was only in the spare room for a week while I had Covid. Yes, well, this is the first time I've had the bed to myself since we got married. And it reminded me of my single days of not having to share the bed. The freedom of the feet to wander. That sounds like the title of one of those celebrity holiday programmes, you know the type, where the BBC or Channel 4 give a load of money to a famous husband and wife to go from here to, say, Australia by yacht, or for a comedian to take a road trip across America with his father. I'm sure there's a collective noun for them. Free holidays for the rich and famous. That's the one. It's not fair. Just because some people laugh at their jokes, they get the chance to travel on Route 66. I mean, how hard can it be to write a comedy show? It's not like they even have to be funny, judging by some of the programmes on TV these days. I'm sure it's very easy. Exactly what I'm saying. I'm sure I could write one that would be a success. I'm sure you can. You know it. And once I'm famous, I'll pitch my great idea to the powers that be. Which great idea would that be, exactly? Mountain trekking in Tibet. Mountain trekking in Tibet? Oh, please. You can barely walk up the stairs without complaining about your knees. Ah, you see, that's the beauty of the thing. I won't be doing the trekking. The horse I'm sitting on will. I'll just be there enjoying the sights while it does all the hard work. You've never sat on a horse in your life? The nearest you've ever come to a horse is seeing them in the fields as we drive past. You would have to take lessons. Lessons? What lessons? Wait, in how to in how to sit? It may come as a surprise to you, but sitting is something I learnt how to do from a very young age. In fact, I would say that from a lifetime of doing it, I have become somewhat of a master in the art of sitting. You can say that again. What do you mean by that? You hardly do any exercise at all these days. You spend all day sitting in an office. Then when you come home and spend all night sitting in your chair watching television. Even at the weekends when we go out, we spend most of the time in the car driving around. Where's the fit, energetic young man that I married? The one that was always on the move. You once had so much get up and go. What happened to that? It got up and went when I turned 50. However, it may surprise you to know that George suggested that I join the local sports centre with him and learn to play badminton. What, George? Susan's ex-husband? Yes. Why? Why what? Why does George suddenly want to start playing badminton? Probably because now that Susan and himself have split up, he has a lot more time on his hands to do the things he wants to do. No more having to do what he's told, as he puts it. Him putting it was the reason their marriage broke up in the first place. You be careful. He's a bad influence. George is fine. Besides, it's only once a week. And I'll be doing exactly what you want me to do. Getting out more. Well, I want to know everything you talk about. What for? So I can tell Susan. 
Ah, I'm going to stop you right there. No man may break the sacred bond of another man. A secret shared is a secret kept. It is the unwritten code of brotherhood. And what part of this unwritten code enabled you to tell me about Brian and his incident with the Hoover? (laughs) (laughs) Only Brian would think that using a Hoover to capture his daughter's escaped hamster from under the fridge would be a good idea. (laughs) Thankfully, he replaced it with a new one before she came home from school. Anyway... This is an entirely different situation altogether. What's said in the changing room stays in the changing room. We shall see how different it is come Saturday night. What do you mean? Let's see how strong that bond is when you want some you-know-what. Well, that's unfair. Your code leaves me with no other choice than to use all the weapons in my arsenal to extract the information I want. Mm, perhaps maybe some of what he says could possibly fall outside the code. Though it might, somehow. Oh, you're a tough negotiator, you are, Tanya. My mother taught me well. Any more tea in the pot? No, it's empty. I'll make a fresh one. Here we are. Let it brew for a few minutes. Ah! What's wrong? There's a spider. Where? There, look, there, near the door by the the skirting board. It's massive. Where? Oh, yes, I see it. I grant you it is big, but I would hardly call it massive. Anyway, it's probably more scared of you than you are of it. No, I don't think so. I'm not the one with a fat, hairy body and eight legs. Well, you don't have eight legs, that's for sure. (laughs) I don't think this is a time for jokes. That thing could pounce at any moment. It It could have its fangs in my neck, sucking my blood like a vampire, before I have had a chance to move. I'll get you a wooden spoon. What? Why? Because if the spider does decide to take a running leap at your neck, you can fend it off and practice your badminton swing at the same time. (laughs) This is no laughing matter. You know how much I dislike spiders. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, look, it's gone. What? Where? See, it ran off. I told you it was more afraid of you. Horrible, nasty things. Sneaking around, hiding... The moment people drop their guard, they'll attack. You mark my words, you'll see. One moment, it'll be, Oh, how lovely, a little spider. Oh, don't harm it. It's more afraid of you than you are of it. Then the next moment, snap! Fangs on your throat and nothing left but your drained, lifeless corpse. Trust me, those things are just biding their time, waiting for the signal to rise up and take over the world. In the meantime, while we're waiting for the arachnid revolution, can we discuss your brother? What about him? He's still here, that's what. A month at the most you said when you asked could he stay. 
It's just so the people he sold his flat to can move in straight away, you said. He'll be gone before you know it, you said. Well, guess what? He's still here. Correct. As much as I like your brother, if I'd known he would still be living in the granny flat six months later, I would have said no when you first asked. We've not been able to have anyone stay over for the weekend for ages. And I've had to put off Georgina and Adam coming to visit us from Spain yet again. We've been there twice this year so far. I feel really guilty not being able to invite them back. Georgina and Adam understand the situation. They know we would invite them if the flat was free. Well, you need to talk to him. I'm tired of having to get dressed every morning just to have breakfast. I miss being able to lounge around in my dressing gown just being myself. There's nothing stopping you being yourself. What do you mean? Of course there is. I can't just wander downstairs au natural. I have to brush my hair put clothes on, and make myself look presentable in case your brother comes into the kitchen. Well, I'm sure Paul wouldn't mind seeing you au naturel, as they say. Well, I mind. And do you know what he said to me the other day when he came in to borrow some milk? What did he say? He said, The sunlight coming through the window really made my wrinkles stand out. Well, you, you do have wrinkles. We both do. I know I have wrinkles. I just don't want to be told I have wrinkles. I'm sure he meant it as a compliment. If you want to compliment a woman, you tell her how nice her hair looks after coming back from the hairdresser. You don't start counting the lines on her face and then tell her how many there are. I like your lines. They make you who you are. That's not the point and you know it. I'll talk to him today. When? It's Sunday, so if he is true to form, he won't be out of his bed till this afternoon. I'll catch him then. While you're at it, you can also talk to him about having women staying over. The last one he brought home sounded like a contestant on an American game show getting the answer right. I had to close the bedroom window. She was so loud. Oh, I'm sure the neighbours must have heard. I didn't hear anything. No, you never do. That's not fair. It's not my fault I'm a heavy sleeper. Heavy? Aliens could pull the roof off the house to do their probing and it wouldn't waken you. Now come on, I'm not that bad. Really? What about that time of the horrendous storm? What about it? There was mayhem everywhere. Next door's chimney got blown off their roof and landed on their new car. Alarms were going off all over the place. Dustbins were bouncing down the street and the nice pagoda that Jennifer three doors down had just erected ended up in number 37's garden. And where were you? Fast asleep in the land of Nod without a care in the world. Okay, you've made your point. I'll have a word with him this afternoon, I promise. Good. Hmm, I wonder who this is. I don't recognise the number. Uh, Hello? (coughs) Okay, Uh, how are you doing anyway? (coughs) Probably a good idea. (coughs) Uh, No, of course not. I won't say a word. (coughs) What 
today. That's fine. I can probably be there in, in about an hour. Okay. See you then. Bye. Who was that? No one. Oh, so you're meeting no one today in an hour. I must try that one next time I fancy a quick pint on the way home from work. Hello, love. Yeah, now, I'm, now I might be a little bit late. I'm just meeting no one, nowhere, for nothing. All right, if you must know it was Susan, but you mustn't tell George about it. Tell him about what? About what you know. But I don't know anything. Good. Tell George that if he asks. Asks about what? About what you don't know. What don't I know? Anything about Susan. But I don't know anything about Susan. Perfect. What? Right. I'm going to get ready. Don't forget you promised to mow Mrs Drake's lawn. Don't worry. It's on my list of things you want me to do today. Just above not have any time to myself. Stop complaining. It's only a small list. Oh, and don't forget to add talk to Paul on the list. Okay, that's me. I'll see you this afternoon. Bye. On 105 FM and around the world online. This is FM 105. Conversations from the Kitchen Table with Amanda and Tim. Written by Anthony McFadden. And starring Kushla McKibben as Amanda and Mark Sante as Tim. To pray, preacher likes to go. Knows I'm gonna stay. Oh, you're home at last. Right, let me turn this off. I got completely soaked just walking from the car to the back door. Can you believe this weather? There wasn't a cloud in the sky when I left this morning. To be fair, they did mention on the radio this morning that there might be a chance of showers. A chance? Have you looked out of the window? It's horrendous out there. There's so much water running down the road that people are using kayaks instead of their cars to go to the shops. We well, only started about an hour ago. If you'd come home earlier, you wouldn't have got caught. Why were you so long? I thought you said you'd be back long before now. It's nearly six o'clock. Don't even ask. Did something happen? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. 
Okay, well, if you were to... I managed to get a parking spot outside Susan's house. And I was just locking the car door when the person trying to park behind me reversed into the car. As it turned out, he hit the tow bar, so there was no real damage to my car, but his bumper was badly damaged. First of all, he tried to say it was my fault until I pointed out that I was actually standing outside the car when the accident happened. Then, and this is the part you won't believe, he said it wasn't his fault either. It was his car's fault. Oh, apparently the car sensor didn't beep to tell him that he was too close. I did try to explain that regardless of what the car does, he's ultimately responsible, at which point he got angry and started shouting. Oh, thankfully Susan's neighbour was at home. You know the one on the right? You know that nice policeman with the deep blue eyes? Uh, not that I make a habit of looking into the eyes of policemen, but I know who you mean. Uh, anyway, he had seen the whole thing and had come out when the man started shouting. So long story short, he helped me get the insurance details and I called the insurance from Susan's. If that was the short version, I'd hate to hear the long one. <sighs> right, off you go. Get changed. I'm going. By the way, why was the back door locked? What? The back door was locked. That's why I got so wet. I had to find my key. Oh, but I don't know. I must have done it without thinking. We never locked the back door. What were you up to? Nothing. Mm, are you sure? Yes. Mm. Go. Go and get changed. I'll put the kettle on and have a nice mug of tea ready for you when you come back. Ah, that's better. It's good to get out of those wet clothes. Here's your tea. I didn't bother making a pot as I'm drinking coffee. Thanks. Can you pass the biscuit tin, please? Where's all the custard creams? Oh, are there none left? No, there's not. I put a whole packet in here last night. They can't all be gone. Are you sure they're not there? Of course I'm sure. Well, perhaps you just can't see them. What do you mean, perhaps I just can't see them? Well, they could be in the tin, but just not visible. Not visible? Not visible? Where on earth can they be then? It's not like the biscuit tin is the gateway to some interdimensional portal and any second now, Dormammu is going to materialise in our world and apologise for eating them all. Uh, I mean, they could be hiding. Hiding? What? So you think the custard creams are playing a game of hide and seek with me and have covered themselves under the ginger nuts so I can't see them? Perhaps... You ate them all during the night without realising? Oh, so it's not enough that according to you, we can enter the multiverse through our biscuit tin. But alongside that, I might be an unwitting member of the Midnight Munchers. That collection of poor tortured souls who are cursed to sneak downstairs when they're sleeping and gobble up all the custard creams in the tin. Uh, well, how did it go with Susan? Don't try and change the subject. Why men can't just admit when they've done something instead of making up stories is beyond me. 
However, if you must know, she's doing really well. Oh, really? Why is that? She just won £250,000 on a scratch card. What? You're joking. Yes, of course I am. No, I'm not joking. Why do people always say you're joking when they get told something important? Sorry, I'm just shocked. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's ever won anything more than £100 on those things. I know. I was just as shocked. What about George? What What do you mean, what about George? What's this got to do with him? But aren't they still technically married? Huh. Only just. If he finds out about it, he might try and include it in the divorce proceedings. That's exactly what Susan said. Which is why she gave the card to me to collect the money and hold it for her until after the divorce is finalised. She's frightened she might lose the ticket if she kept it. Susan gave you £250,000? Well, the winning ticket, yes. And your plan is to collect it, put it in our bank account and then give it back to her when she asks for it? Yes. So, theoretically speaking, purely from a legal standpoint, once that money is in... Our account, it would technically be ours? Uh, I suppose so, yes. And Susan trusts you? Of course she trusts me. Why wouldn't she? Well, it just seems an awful lot of money to give to someone in the hope that they will give it back. I mean, imagine if you weren't trustworthy. But I am. And Susan knows I am. She also knows that her money will be safe with me and our account. But still, if it's in our account, then it would be ours until such a time that she asks for it back? Yes, but as you said, only until she asks for it back. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but let's just say, for instance, something happens to Susan. Perhaps she, I don't know, she dies or is in a very, very long-term coma. That's she... not a nice thing to say. But no, no, I don't mean here. Our Susan. <laughs> um, but going back to what you were saying earlier. What was I saying earlier? About multi-universes and such. What? Well, no, just, just follow me on this. <clears throat> If something happens to Susan and she didn't need it back, you could keep the money? I suppose, but nothing is going to happen to Susan. No, oh, of course not. But let's just say it did in that other universe, of course. Not here, not here. If that was to happen, then you would be under no legal obligation to give it back. You're right. That other me wouldn't be under any legal obligation, but we're not in another universe. Well, technically we are, depending on your viewpoint. Well, technically, as far as I am concerned, we are in this universe. So we don't have to worry about that situation arising. And I don't like what you're suggesting. Well, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just surmising the possible outcomes that could happen if multidimensional universe-type things existed. Well, regardless of what happens in those other universes, in this one, the money goes into our account 
and then straight back to Susan when she asks for it, even if she is brilliant dead. Absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, and not a word to George about the money. What? If you didn't want George to know about the money, then why did you tell me? You know I'm no good at keeping secrets. I could easily let it slip by mistake. Uh, you're right. You're useless at keeping secrets. The best thing to do is not to meet up with George until after the divorce is over. Oh, and how is that going to work? I'm seeing him on Wednesday for our first badminton session. Well, tell him you've changed your mind. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Amanda. I can't say that. Well, whatever you decide, you can't tell him about Susan's win. <sighs> Leave it to me. I'll work something out. Look, it's just gone seven. Why don't I make us a nice pot of tea and a sandwich? Then we can sit down and watch some TV. There's no lights on in the granny flat. Has your brother gone out? Yes. Did you get a chance to talk to him? Well, as it turns out, he came looking for me. Apparently, from Tuesday, he'll be away for a couple of weeks. Really? Where? Um, he's off looking at apartments over in Spain. Spain? Hmm. He reckons for what it costs him for an apartment over here, he's better off buying one over there. It's a lot cheaper and the sunshine is pretty much guaranteed, so... But isn't his work over here? He said he can pretty much do his work from anywhere in the world. One of the benefits of working in IT, I guess. Apparently, since Covid, his company are happy for him to do that as long as he comes into the main office every couple of months or so. Did he say when he was thinking of moving? Uh, six months at the max. Oh, another six months. Oh, the summer will be gone by then and we won't have a Georgina and Adam over once. <laughs> well, think of it this way. When he does finally move out, it will just be in time for you to invite him over for Christmas. Oh, ha ha. Also, on the plus side, it gives us another place to stay in Spain. Mm, that's true, I suppose. Although, wouldn't your brother be looking for someplace small, just big enough for him? When have you ever known Paul to have anything small? Hmm? Remember that motorhome he bought? Eight births? <laughs> he had to park it here after he got into trouble for taking up three parking spaces at his apartment. <laughs> yeah, precisely. I said to him when we went to view it, I said, why on earth... Do you want an eight-berth motorhome when there is only you? And he said, in case of hitchhikers, <laughs> your brother is a strange way of looking at things. <laughs> well, probably why he's so good at his job, thinking outside the box and all that. Oh, probably. Oh, look at the time. Fear's about to start. We should head inside. I'll grab the teas. You grab the biscuits. Listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. So, what did you think of that? That was brilliant. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Anthony McFadden. 
That was Castle Wellness Studio Players' production of Conversations from a Kitchen Table, written especially for radio by Anthony McFadden. You heard it first here on FM 105, Down Community Radio. There is a lot of local talent out there, and it's great to feature it here on Local Community Radio. I think you'll agree with me. To find out a little bit more about the Castle Wellness Studio Players, I had a chat with Michelle Dorans and Siobhan Miller. And now a little chat with Shell and Shiv. I've got it right this time, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. third time's a charm, Chris. But Michelle, you're, you're no stranger to the programme. Uh, and, and thank you, I might say thank you for all your voiceover work in the past. Oh, sure, I love it. Did you ever get that check? No, I didn't. And I was kind of thinking you'd fell out with me because you hadn't asked me to do anything in a long, long time, Chris. What's going on? <laughs> it's coming to an email near you then. Listen, Castle Well and Studio Players just seem to be going from strength to strength. Do you know what? We have an amazing team and that's why we can go from strength to strength. Nobody can do something like this on their own. And we have a committee like no other. Honest to goodness, they are fab. So we've done Gigglebox, which was something so different from the norm and to launch with that and to get three shows when people are were still kind of nervous about covid and everything else um was just a phenomenal achievement and while there was something there for everybody's taste to have done something so different um was brave (laughs) potentially reckless (laughs) but we did it and it was great and we've got so much material there that we're going to start you know all the videos that we recorded that we had such immense fun recording like it, it was just such an experience and it was so relaxed because you didn't have to learn the lines for those you just you know you, you, you got there, you had a few lines, you recorded it, it was done. But the crack and the social aspect of that and and just the memories that we made were brilliant. So we are going to start putting those out. We're going to create a YouTube channel and put them on an Instagram page and, and get that out there and, and try and reach more people and maybe inspire other people and engage people. And, and that's what it's all about because we're not just one-dimensional. We're here to put on a play twice a year, once a year, whatever it may be. We're just about so much more and using all the material that we have allows us to do that. So multi, multi-dimensional, Chris, that's us. There is a big social element of this really, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. We kind of just come together and have a bit of crack and a bit of banter and we just, um, all different personalities, all different walks of life, but it just seems to work. We just bounce off each other Um and yeah, it's just, it's something you really look forward to, something you can't wait to see. It, it's your family, it's your drama family, it's, we all love each other. Yeah, that, that's why it works so well on stage. I mean, on stage that night, there were some people probably had never been on those boards ever before. No, we had some new actors, but they, throughout the whole process, rehearsals and obviously all the filming, there was a lot of people just thrived off that, uh, which was great. Um, I mean, I initially joined uh, CSP as background team, even though I had the performing arts and... I ended up I ended up back on stage after twelve years, folks. Twelve years. Oh, I was in all three acts. That's right, all three acts. And quite quite a few of the films also. But it just shows you what's great about CSP is you join for one thing, you end up doing another. But it is good that way. But you want to end up doing something yes, else. That's what I was trying to yeah, you do because you're encouraged in a good way. 
to use your strengths and talents, which clearly I have the talent for the stage, Chris. <laughs> clearly I shouldn't be backstage. <laughs> That's brilliant, Jim. Brilliant. Listen, you're talking about new faces and so on. I know you had a recent uh, recruitment sort of campaign online on Facebook and, and elsewhere. How did that go? Brilliant. We, we had so many people who were interested and came along to try things out and get a feel for us, and they felt so welcomed and so in you know engaged with what we were doing and and the kind of like like Siobhan says you can feel like part of the family you know so we've got people who've got so many skills like and some that are a bit wary and we want to work with that we don't want to push people into a place that they're just not ready to go so our next project is really about finding the right thing at the right time and make sure that we can engage the people in the right way because the last thing I ever want to do and I say this in my own in my own um, business of, of teaching children the last thing you'd ever want to do is put somebody off so you have to go at their pace and make sure that you know just because we had a plan to do one thing that does not make might not work with who you have on board or available because of holidays and whatever and whatever at a certain time so you have to make sure that you're doing isn't just right for csp but is right for the people that you have on board so that's what we're working on at the minute making sure that we pick the right thing to bring everybody with us and and i noticed there recently you've become a charlie yes aren't we class now most of the credit to that well, it would start with me because I put the application in three years ago, three and a half years ago. Mm. But in fairness, Anthony McFadden deserves a round of applause for that because he did all the hard work. <laughs> and um, it, it is a minefield and it is tricky, but he, we, we've got it. And, and like we always say, hashtag onwards and upwards. It hopefully will open so many more doors for us and allow us to do so many more things. So it is exciting. It's brilliant that we've achieved that in such a short time, to be fair. And um, kudos to Anthony. And last but not least, you must be so excited to be back on the radio again. Chris. <laughs> That's it for tonight, folks. Thank you again. Thank you so much again to the Castlewell Studio players for their hard work and input into what made a brilliant programme tonight. Uh, And we'll be hearing more from them in just a few weeks' time. Next week, I'll be in conversation with Really Jiggered. And if you've never heard of them, they're a top Scottish Celtic folk fusion band. They'll be appearing at the Black Box in Belfast, 31st of July at 7pm, in an event in order to raise awareness and support for motor neuron disease research. Very worthwhile cause indeed. Uh, That's been organised by the Belfast Burns Association together with the St Andrew Society uh, as well and I'm looking forward very much to having a chat with them on the show and hearing some of their music no better time to leave you with one of those tunes uh, it's titled Countdown so I'm going to say goodnight from me folks thank you for tuning in, stay safe and stay tuned to FM 105 Down Community Radio Good night. <laughs> <laughs>